boat anyway, but <laughs> now we've just been talking about me Google Earth in uh, Carl's house so I can see where he lives. So I can, not, so I can not buy somewhere near him. Yeah, before <laughs> before they even spoke as well. It's even weird. Uh, does Google uh, Earth even get there? Does it? I don't know if it's. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fly a drone over. Right. Okay, so I think what we'll do, uh, I'll just recap for you, Ben. So we're going to talk about, we'll do the CrossFit thing first, then uh, Carl's going to talk about, he's happy to talk about uh, the whole Glassman thing, and then we're going to move on to, you know, general uh, well-being of life and the move to Scotland and, you know, that kind of ties in a little bit with you and your fucking epic move, so happy with that. I'm just here for the social. (laughs) <laughs> as always making the numbers up <laughs> right okay here we go so this morning we have no Nick this morning we have me uh, Ben and Luke we also have a guest because we have to have guests now because it's boring when it's just us uh, so we got Carl Stedman so Carl Stedman he's going to talk about himself in a minute but I'll just I'll, I'll sort of talk about where I found him <laughs> Um, so, yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, so when I first started this, I thought, right, we need to get some ambassadors, and it seemed, it just seemed like the thing to do. Everyone seemed to have ambassadors, and I was, to an extent, I was copying Contact Coffee because Contact Coffee had loads of ambassadors at the time. So I need to get some of these. So I basically trolled the people who were like following us, and the people who followed and followed their people did some did some stalking. I came across this guy who is uh, seems just being a, a little bit involved in the CrossFit space, and um, I knew there was a there was a tie in there that crossover with these kind of ethoses, and I just I liked the way he presented himself. It, it everything there was no bollocks on his Instagram, and obviously this is kind of how this shit works. You know, it's 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 about how you present. You might be a really good guy, but you can present yourself like a bell end, and it's 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 crap. It doesn't really tie in. Um, I just liked the way he presented himself. So just randomly, I messaged him and said, you know, do you want to come on as an ambassador? And he said, yeah. And I was amazed. I didn't know anything about him. I just like, he just seemed like a good guy. So he'd been, he'd like, I think he'd like second or third ambassador, I think. So I'll let him introduce, introduce himself anyway. Good morning, Carl. How you doing, mate? <laughs> morning. How are you? <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a big conversation prior to coming on, obviously. <laughs> record about me being real creepy stalking people on the internet uh yeah so turns out that i didn't know when i when i asked him that he's actually he's quite a big player in the old uk crossfit space so if you want to if you want to tell people a bit about yourself dude and then we'll we'll move on from there sure mate uh thanks for having me boys so uh yeah i've been doing crossfit for a little while i guess i came across it first in 2003 and um, then started doing it a little bit more regularly, getting credentialed and stuff in 2005. Opened up a gym in 2006, ran one of those full-time for about 11 years. Um, in that period of time, started working for CrossFit headquarters as well. So um, started doing a lot of the seminars, like the level ones, the level twos, um, around the world, but then a lot closer at home, probably predominantly more Europe. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I kind of retired from running a full-time gym in uh, 2017 and moved north of the wall into the wilds of um, Scotland, but I'm still been working for CrossFit in that time. So that's probably like the shortest version (laughs) of the last (laughs) 40 years. (laughs) So, I mean, did you, you were one of the sort of the first sort of people in the UK? Is that kind of correct? Yeah, there was a, there was only a handful of us at the time. Um, so much so, funny story there. We invited them all to our wedding because there was only about ten of them. Do you know what I mean? So there was a, when I got married to the missus, there was only about ten folk, and we were all internet boyfriends and girlfriends, like you know, like just conversing over online. Yeah. And um, and then we, so we invited them to the wedding, and it was actually at the wedding, um, probably a few too many beers deep, where I was chatting to one of the boys, and he was interested in opening a dedicated gym because there weren't any. There was a couple of like loose groups of folk doing it in parks and whatnot or in regular gyms, but no dedicated ones. And he was like, I really want to do it. And um, I was um, really pissed off with the normal gym environment. So I'd spent all, all my career in it. And I was like, well, it sucks and I'm done with it. So um, I said, oh, I'll, I'll do it with you. 
I'll move to Manchester, like a town, I'd, like a city I'd never been to in my entire life. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll leave London and move up to Manchester and do it. Fuck, it sounds like a great crack. So, um, so we did, and spent ten years up there running, running um, a couple of gyms up there. And then um, when that, when we kind of gave that up, uh, realised that we didn't actually have any ties to Manchester beyond moving there. So we thought we'd get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> but see, uh, was the dress code CrossFit t-shirts? Just so everyone knew that you guys were all from CrossFit. Oh, totally. Did, was that? <laughs> Gotta get gotta get a tattoo of CrossFit like the clown on your ass cheek. Yep. There does <laughs> seem, just go on to Gazis. There, there does seem a group of you from an outside perspective who's not in your industry. There it does seem to be a group of you that kind of all kind of know each other quite well. Um, you know, yourself and uh, Rob Lawson, there's a few other guys that kind of fall into that. So but you're all dotted all over the place, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's um and so that was it was like that core group. And at the start, we'd all get on the road and travel to whenever there was a new gym opened up or whenever there was like a local competition, when the competitive side of CrossFit really started coming up and taking off as a sport in and of itself and um, beyond just the training lifestyle piece, kind of the two arms almost. And um, yeah, so we'd, we'd get on the road and then it accelerated to the point where you just couldn't keep up. Like there was like a, a competition going on every weekend or there's a, like several gyms opening up across the country and you just like now couldn't keep up. So then it accelerated beyond being able to, keep up i guess but yeah that that core group still still in and it's still um yeah i guess we're still good buddies <laughs> yeah 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 you see um, you can actually see you can i mean like you've done um gaz you could kind of join the dots i, I was out at uh, rogue i was in ur's uh, office and actually um in his office this is the guy that runs uh rogue europe um but a, a big dick player in the industry himself and uh, he actually had on his uh, mantelpiece in his office uh, a seg patch given him to by you. And I yeah, just thought, yeah. of all the places, I'm in the middle of, you know, Belgium somewhere, Antwerp it is, yeah. and then there's a seg patch given by Carl Stedman in UR's office. Small world. Yeah, exactly, because we all started at the same time when it was virtually nothing. So, you know, at the time when CrossFit, uh, CrossFit first started up, there was no Rogue, right? So there was no any of these big um, players. And so everybody, they kind of grew all, all up. We all grew up. Well, not that we grew up, right? But we all grew up together at the same time. So, yeah, you got like Yuha and his wife Arnu and they integral with Rogue and especially in Europe. Yeah, we've known them for years because we knew them when they they owned CrossFit Pori over in Finland, you know, and then took on board all the other stuff. And yeah, we've all kind of climbed the ladder together, I guess. I think like there's, there'll be people, actually, there'll be people listeners who can give a fuck about CrossFit. Yeah, uh, sure. But <laughs> ben, Ben's one of them and he's actually on the fucking <laughs> yeah, um, Well, the classic is I got cross when I have to do fitness. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I actually, the thing is, sorry, two seconds ago, I would say about CrossFit <laughs> is... Um, what I do like is I like to go and get thrashed in a group of people who no one is actually judging you. I mean, in there, you've got all levels, all different types, and it's one big fizz sesh. Everyone gets something out of it. And that's what I do like about CrossFit. The Obviously, the technical stuff, I'm not interested in any of that. However, what I am interested in is the group and the community side of, of CrossFit, for sure. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the major driving point of it, right? That generating a community piece you know like it's not necessarily even the the exercises you're doing or anything like that i mean you can dive into all of that stuff but realistically it's just a good group of people who the only time they'll call you out is if you cheat <laughs> you know no one actually gives a shit about what you do or what your what your stuff is but normally they'll call does, you does, out does that mean like eating pies during the week or is that yeah exactly the, the rep shavers are always a fun one to have a chat with in your in your gym those are always the fun ones but yeah that's it. I think a lot of people probably don't know. Like, it started off as just a website, didn't it? Like, yeah. it, there be people who come to it now, and it's obviously this huge organization, but like, literally just a website that some people found. Yeah, it, start, it started off as one gym in Santa Cruz mm. um, from the original founders, right? So, um, Greg Glassman and, and a couple of others as well. And it started off there way, way, way back. And even before, before that, I think the major discussions were like, he originally came up with Fran in like 1974 or something bonkers like that. So like way back when he was doing the, the mad stuff. But yeah, it was just one gym in Santa Cruz um, for a long time until somebody a bit more tech savvy said, hey, write that stuff down and click enter. And then that's where the website came through, you know? So I, I guess that's where it really started growing. Yeah. I think it's like we were saying with Ben there, um, 
it's that that small community that's grown into a, an absolutely huge community. Yep. With I, I don't know, it's it's what we're all trying to build. We're all trying to build it in different ways, and that's why like there, there is this ec- excellent sort of crossover between like the seg ethos and the, the people who a lot of people who do CrossFit go, oh, I quite like that as well. That's that you know that works. Yeah, but it's um, I suppose we got we probably move on to talk about when the people who are in your community, when like some people in the community don't uphold the, the same standards maybe and let guys down. Do you want to talk about that? Because there'll be people yeah, who do oh, know about CrossFit who are like, ask him about this. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah. let's, you, you, you do it, mate, because you, I'll talk shit. Okay. <laughs> Fire away, mate. It's um, it's not the first time that people will be uh, firing shit at CrossFit, right? We're used to it by now. Uh, but yeah, we had a, a mini implosion, I guess, in the CrossFit world about um, around June um, this year, right in the middle of the pandemic. Last anyway. year. Last exactly. year, mate. Yeah. Last Sorry, year. Yeah. All, all of these things are getting... getting mate, uh, Jen, that feels about five years me. ago. That feels about five years ago. Hell. I know. So, uh, so yeah, our old CEO um, dropped a couple of bombs on um, on social media, and everything went crazy. It was a bit of a, a witch hunt out for the lad. And so, uh, yeah, we now have a new CEO, and it's going in a new direction. Is the is the politically correct version of it? But yeah, it wasn't wasn't an ideal time to be involved in CrossFit. I mean, if I'm being honest, it's not the first time that people have uh, fired fired shade at the program, right? For when I first got into it, it was it didn't work, and it was a fad. And um, we were all thoroughly convinced that it weren't. And, and, you know, the methodology was sound. And then it was actually that it was injurious after that, right? So then you had, like, all the fabricated studies done by the ACSM saying that, you know, CrossFit will injure you. And, um, you know, that lost them a lot of big player contracts with, like, the U.S. forces and things like that. So, and then that got proved to be all fabricated evidence as well. Um, And so when this kind of came out and there was, like, some really uncomfortable questions being leveled at like us being you know a group of racists and weird stuff like that mm. then it was just like oh it's just another one of the the, the the bullshit that gets fired at us it's just not true you know and then it just gathered momentum in terms of like a bit of a witch hunt for the big boss um and um yeah it was it was an uncomfortable time you know just had to stick true to feeling like nah this isn't what it is and not what it's ever stood for so it was a bit of a confusing time for everyone involved but uh luckily enough the truth kind of comes out i mean CEO's gone. A um, bit of a shame from my perspective because that was the guy that fundamentally changed my view on what fitness was. And I still think um, as much as he's bonkers, he's also brilliant. Mm. So um, it, you kinda, I think like a lot of folk who are on that, on that cusp of being genuinely brilliant, they're also a little bit fucking nuts too. So mm. I think he definitely trod that fine line and went a bit too far. And um, yeah, the power of community in its worst form, I think, came out to play there. During that time when all the um, <clears throat> all the pro athletes were sort of some were sort of protecting CrossFit and others were sort of turning the back on it, saying, "Yeah, like putting an arms length away, saying yeah, I've got nothing to do with that. It's horrendous." Obviously, Reebok sort of distant themselves. Have those sort of people started like sort of creeping back in now? Yeah, yeah, they totally have, mate. I mean, you've got to make you've got to make a, a stand that way, haven't you? I get it. You know, everyone feels like they have to have a voice, and that's what social media allows them to do for good, the bad, or the ugly. Um, so yeah, there was a few people sort of very publicly were like, you know, we're out, you know, and doing the whole not no longer involved, and then realised that well, without it, I have no living. So perhaps yeah, get you're nothing before you're nothing before it, and you're nothing. Yeah. Like, what about yeah, the bigger bigger companies? Are they? Um, you know, it seemed from an outside perspective, um, personally, you know, I could be dropping myself in the shit here, taking his point that he raised about the mental health side of it, where you've got people locked up uh, in lockdown for long periods of time and there's uh, people want to get out and, and express themselves and the fitness and everything else. I mean, without looking too deep into it or for looking for an issue, I thought it was a fair statement. What I thought happened personally from Mark, from looking because at the time we were looking at building the gym, a very big gym, a ten thousand square foot across the gym at the time. So we were we were all eyes plus the one we were doing in London. We were very concerned about what the industry is doing. But what I did see was some of the big companies look like they use this as an excuse to get out of those contracts that they were paid into. It looked like a lot of gym owners were getting out of those contracts that they were locked into. 
uh, apart from the ones that Luke has said that really have no personality outside of uh, a brand that they need to uh, to support them? What's your thoughts on? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, from my perspective, you know, 100% honesty, it was like that was just the straw that broke the camel's back on a lot of those issues, you know, like there was historical, like Reebok had been involved for, as an example, you know, with CrossFit for multiple years, you know, coming up for a decade almost. And I don't think it had ever been the most, you know, um, happy of relationships between the two companies because, you know, I think the people that were involved, like, like Greg in particular is a polarizing individual and he's not particularly happy in the corporate world neither. So I think he was quite happy to make that known and I don't think it was very easy for them to get along. So, and you know, a lot of the way that CrossFit had historically been run was very much, they, they kept hold of their world and, and, and wouldn't allow much growth or ideas outside of it. So you weren't allowed to own multiple affiliates at that time, or you weren't allowed to, you know, generate your own brand under the CrossFit brand, if that makes sense. So yeah, you'd have yeah. a lot of the, a lot of these companies there were trying to push that very entrepreneurial spirit, which was cool. And they probably felt that they were kept under the boot heel um, by CrossFit for quite a long time. So as soon as they saw an opportunity, they 100% took it. Yeah. Cause you know, all of a sudden when it looked like CrossFit might be going down the toilet, all of a sudden, you know, uh, a lot of the characters and personalities were like, oh, here's here's my version of it. You know, come on over and do do my thing. And you're like, oh, you had that ready to go in like 12 hours. That's, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> it. That's it. So, um, yeah, it, it was you weird that they that, were ready to jump. Sorry, mm. you, you'd argue that sort of um, CrossFit made Reebok. Reebok was sort of a, do, a dying brand. Totally. Along with like, you know, like Elise and Kappa from the, the sort of like 90s. And then all of a sudden, Reebok's like one of the top ones again. And before yeah, well, I mean, before CrossFit, Reebok had pretty much fucking died. Oh yeah, totally. And I mean, we we lucked out in one regard that when our gym and um, the one I owned down in Manchester, we were literally just around the corner from the headquarters of Reebok in the UK. We had no idea. So when the partnership went down, we suddenly I was training some folk in the lunchtime session, and all of a sudden, a load of these suits turned up, and we were like, Who, "Who's this mob? This doesn't look like our normal crowd." But all right, how are you? And they went, "Oh, we're from Reebok." and we want to find out what CrossFit is. And I think what their, their general struggle was, was they get given a brief from the top um, top bods who were like, yeah, we're doing this CrossFit thing because they were all fully bought in. That's how the partnership came about. They were CrossFitters, at, I think, New England um, over Boston way. And, um, and then so they were fully bought in and already all singing, all dancing CrossFitters. And so then they approached um, Coach Glassman about getting the relationship going. But then when they pushed it out internationally, like none of them had a clue what was going on. So you had like in all the different markets, they were trying to find their nearest CrossFit affiliate to then just go and do a bit of fact finding. So a lot of it was just trying to educate them as to, no, it's not a fad or if it is, it's like a 20 or 30 year now fad, you know, it's not really going like anywhere. And then they were like, oh, so what can we, what, what, what are the parallels? Do you want to wear these like Zigtech trainers? And I'm like, what are you talking about, mate? Like, no. It looks like my four-year-old like drew the soul on. Just no. So, so there was a lot of trying to understand where that relationship is. Because I mean, if we're honest, CrossFit has always been a little bit anti-establishment, isn't it? You know, like it was always the anti-fitness world. It was always like the counter, you know, tattooed heavy metal skateboarding kind of culture of the fitness world. And so when it became more mainstream, there was a lot of us trying to figure out where we sat in that ether, right? Yeah, the corporate world can just kill everything on it because you, you have these people who know and they get involved, they try and get put a hand into absolutely fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of mindset. You just, I think as a business, you've got to try and stay away from that as much as possible. And, you know, it's fine for us because we're just, a, you know, a few nutters just trying to keep it in business. We don't, we're not really a big corporate entity with little brands, but you see it with everything. It's, there's parallels there with the, I'm sure with the military, with, Everything's fine on the on the ground level, but as soon as you start climbing the stairs, you lose touch there. You don't quite understand what's going on. You think you understand it, and you, maybe you have experience, but you start dipping back in trying to have some influence there and start getting told by the people who are actually having to live this every day. What the fuck are you talking about? That's not what happens here. We, you know, if we go down that road, it ain't going to work. Yeah. There's a reason uh, why these, I um, Yeah. <laughs> these uh, these these cross going back to the community piece, uh, Carl. Um, you know these boxes are massively important for people, um, certainly from a demographic that needs a sense of belonging and community. Uh, people, uh, you know, it attracts many professionals who who live a very 
um, you know, often a, a, a normal life of office nine to five, or, or maybe a, a kind of a housewife, mother carer type situation. So a lot of the CrossFit thing is really released. It's a sense of community. It's a chance for people to socialize, interact. You know, the, the points that uh, Glassman said about mental health, it's it's absolutely true with CrossFit, yep. regardless of what whatever the branding be called. But what CrossFit does, it creates that community and bringing people together of all varying standards. There'll always be uh, an anti-CrossFit because everyone, anyone hates any organization that looks like it's working together. You know, uh, you know, straight away, oh, yeah, you're CrossFit wankers. I wouldn't go in there because it's full of people who love themselves and everything else. But actually, when you actually go into these environments, it's far from that, really. I, I, I think, yeah, I think it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're always, we get it round home all the time. That it's a, it's a, the business of people, if you can kind of like talk about how we like creating those exact things, those relationships and stuff. It's, um, and you're right, it's, but for all, all shapes, all sizes, all walks of life, you know, like uh, I often had, it was like a lad who said, it was his saving grace and he was a paramedic and it was just because he said he gets to deal with not fun things every day and it was hard, kind of hard for him to not get dragged down the line of, well, most human beings are utter turds because that's mm. what I have to deal with every day. So he said his being able to drop into the gym where there's just regular folk like getting on with their lives. He's like, oh, actually, the world isn't quite as fucked as perhaps his perception was. Just <laughs> to just, escape. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, just release, like, yeah. release those endorphins. You release, you know, this is this is the fat kid here talking about fizz. But you know, <laughs> you, you you've got um, you know, you release the endorphins. Your your integrating with your community and you know and feeling like a sense of belonging and, and purpose i think yeah. it's i think it's fantastic in, in any form you know yeah, well, i think we all have to do it right yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and it's there's too many people i think a lot of people when they think about crossfit they think about the games and it's it's, it's just a, it's not the thing is it you know what i mean it's a separate thing like, yeah it's, it's um it's i think it's the we always joke about it you know those of us that have been around since before the sport i guess um it was always the sport of fitness was always one of the taglines right but there wasn't actually a dedicated sport of crossfit for several years um it was literally a way of almost accentuating our lifestyle right why did we do crossfit it was just to be a useful human like it wasn't we didn't really have a specialized outcome you just wanted to be generally fit which meant being able to do anything and so, but then when the sport came out, there was almost like, oh, you're doing this to compete. And yeah. it's like, no, it's, it's still just my lifestyle. Like I couldn't really give a shit about the sport of it other than being very impressed by what they can do. You know, like super resilient human beings. But other than that, no, I don't want to drop with that. You nuts, like that snapped me enough. So yeah. um, it was, it was kind of, it was fun for many times. It was almost like the discussion of good versus evil, you know, like you're either in this camp or you're in that camp. And sometimes it looked like CrossFit was with its, uh, with its social media or lack thereof or favorite. And like it was either this or it was this shoot without realizing that they're both valid uses of the program. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and whatever, whatever floats your boat there is, which you're going to, your flavor of it, if you so to speak is going to make you yeah. happy. What's your, what's your thoughts on um, the introduction that Dave Castro did, you know, with the fact that he brought in this uh, link between sort of special forces training and real world situations into the into the functional fitness, you know, like uh, pulling a body, casualty drags, working with weight. I mean, I know that was part of the fundamentals of CrossFit anyway, it was about a healthier lifestyle, being able to get off the couch and just move and, and uh, et cetera. But what's your thoughts on what Dave Castro brought to it those years ago when he started? I think what he's, he's done exactly that. I mean, he with his background, obviously, you, you boys know a lot more about his background than I would, right? Because he doesn't really talk too much about that stuff. But um, he's got a big team ethic behind it. And I mean, I know for a fact that in the affiliate competition, he's not too interested in finding out who the fittest team is. He's actually interested in finding out who has the best team because it's quite easy to stack you know, like a team of four bods and just have super fit human beings, but actually be a shite team. And so he's, that's why every single time in like the affiliate competition, you'll see him using that horrendous worm. Looks like the long kind of weighted fucking pieced sausage. My subway. Basically. Yeah, exactly. There you go. For want of a, for want of a non-euphemistic term, but, um, <laughs> but like, so 
there's there's a reason why you use that is because it's fucking terrible to do a workout with that thing because you've all got to move in sync you've all got to move as one and it's hilarious to watch these like fit buds melt down and just start like swearing at each other out on the dance floor and stuff just because they can't get their timings right and watch teams melt down and you'll just see him smirking away because he's just like yeah found another one yeah you're all you're all really fit because i mean if you're if you're there right at the finals of the crossfit games we already know you're fit i mean it's unbelievable to think about how fit you have to be to come last at that damn competition. Right. And um, so you already know that they're super fit, but you can watch those teams melt down. So yeah, being able to bring those things in is more than likely a good test to develop teams, but on an individual sense as well, it's just probably pushing them outside of their comfort zones because unless they have been in the military, they've never done that stuff before. So it's a good test of, are you prepared for, you know, the, the old buzzwords, there's 50 million in CrossFit, right? But are you prepared for the unknown and the unknowable? Because that's a true test of fitness. Anybody can train for specific stuff, right? If I need to get better at, I don't know, perhaps a 50K race that some numbskulls made me do, then, um, then I'm going to have to run more. You know, like, because that's going to get me better specifically for that challenge, right? But it's it's a different beast being just thrown something that you've never trained for and seeing if you're capable. That That is a true test of fitness. So I think that's what Dave's been able to bring in is a lot more stuff that perhaps a regular civilian crowd wouldn't have used ever. Yeah. It's the mental side of it as well. Like, I'm sure we, we'll have all have seen it in training and I've seen it from being on, you know, peak company stuff. It's like you see people who are mega, 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 mega fit, Fitness isn't a, isn't a drama, but mentally they don't they're weak because they've got themselves to that fit stage. They don't have the the suffer like oh, yeah. this is hard. I don't like this, and they just go down the toilet. You know, we've seen it in you know depot in uh, what what do you call your training, Luke? Do you call it anything special? Webster's, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah. no, just basic, basic training, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but um. You it's certainly down the field, don't you? The bottom field is always bottom field. for people. Yeah, yeah. For people. Yeah. yeah, but you that's find... What, yeah, that's but you, you notice... Yeah, but you know there's guys day one, week one, who are fit enough, 100%, to do it, yeah. all the fizz things in their sleep. Absolutely yeah. in their sleep. Uh, but yeah, they fall to pieces because something happens and their perfect world's just taken away from them. And yeah, it all goes off the edge. Yeah, is, is that so that's that's a, that's isn't it? It's like yeah, you, yep. like you're doing you do everything. Everyone has a favourite workout, don't they? Like yeah. I've got half an hour. Right, I'm going to do that workout. I do all the time. I know I can get like an email. I know I can do ten of them that minute, twenty of them that, and then someone comes in. Just why don't we do this? The minute your heart rate starts going the other way, you start not making the reps, and you think, "Fucking hell, this, I'm out of comfort zone here. I'm supposed to be dead fit." It's like. Yeah. I know because you're doing something oh. different. And that, that to me is the, the exact benefit of doing this stuff, right? And it's because I'm utterly shite at 90% of it. So it's like yeah. it's like an utter humbler every day. Do you know what I mean? Like you're picking it up and you're like, oh, fucking hell, I've got to do that movement. Why have I got to, like you throw your toys out of pram some days, you know, because like, you're like, I've got to walk on my hands. What, what the fuck point is walking on my hands? And realistically, it's just because I know I'm shite at it, so I'm seeing my ass, right? Whereas... You know, in, in the practice of getting those new skills and in doing stuff, that's that, that's where it develops that frustration, eh? Because we see it all the time. Like natural athletes who you go, you know, the muscle up where you pull yourself from below rings and get above them. You know, like those natural annoying bastards that you'll go like, oh, here's, here's, here's a muscle up. And they'll be like, oh, look, what one of these? And you're like, fucking hell, that took me a couple of years to master. You're like, dick. And um, but in that struggle is actually the merit. Hey, it keeps you, it keeps you humble and it keeps you developing those mechanisms upstairs where it's like, yeah, it's shit and I'm frustrated, but I've got to keep cracking on and, and learning stuff. And to be honest, that's, that's a lot of the stuff upstairs is, is really the benefit of it. You know, that's where we, we make our kids. It probably sounds savage. Get the, uh, get the services on us now, but every <laughs> we make them, we make them run up the hill out the back and it's not for the fitness stuff. It's because it fucking sucks. Like you all know what it's like running up hills. You go from hero to zero in the space of like 20 meters. And so it was just about teaching the kids that, yeah, it's going to make you panic. It's going to make you like, you're going to, it's going to feel like everything's shutting down. Like your legs will feel like lead weight. You can't breathe, but it's fine. Just keep going. Listen to me, keep going. And it's like, just trying to generate those mechanisms. Even when you're a youngster, I wish I had, you know, like I was a turd. So I love the fact that you can just get those kids to be like, you know, 
you're fine. It's you can just keep pushing through the shit and you'll be um you'll be all right, even if it's just physical and mental, you know. But it's just so who's forcing you to get in those cold baths every morning? Because that <laughs> exactly I tell you what, I, I don't know who's more suffering, me watching you do it or you actually getting <laughs> in them. But I mean oh. as as we've come on to a bit later, you know, you you live in the middle of nowhere, you live in a beautiful yeah. place. So if you go into like a functional fitness, you do group training or whatever, you go to the bottom field, you go on P company, you go on selection, whatever, you've got not so much selection, but you've got people telling you what you have to do. Yeah. Certainly with UKSF selection, it is mostly self-motivated to get through it. So that's where we do weed out similar to the points you're raising. Um, but certainly when we're in para depot, uh, a functional fitness, CrossFit class, whatever, you've got someone dictating. You've got peer pressure around you of making sure you don't look like the dick in the class. Yet you're in the middle of nowhere. No one's judging you. No one's watching you. And you think, oh, I'm going to go and walk on my hands. Oh, I'm going to go and jump <laughs> in this plunge pool. Yeah. Mate, relax. You're in the, <laughs> you're in the middle of nowhere. No Hello. one's going to judge you. I know. Do you know but what? No, it's self motivation. It's self motivation. I, 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 I jest. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's honestly cool. enough. That's what social media is good for. Like I try. I, I go backwards and forwards on on um like wanting to be involved in that whole world or not. You know, I'm sure everybody does. You know, I guess you boys all have to because of your your work and stuff. But for me, I could quite easily just chin it off. Like I jumped off Facebook years ago, and it's like, oh, it's just it's just not worth it. But the, it, for me, it's actually it's accountability because you get you do get a lot of buy in. Right. So if you just stick up a random picture of, um, you know, the gym and you haven't done your workout, then you'll get a few bods jumping on and being like, oh, nice one. And well, what was your time? And you get a little bit of interaction that way. And then you actually start generating people keeping an eye out for it. So, you know, it was I would actually be, get called out by by good, well-meaning fuckers who'd be like oh i haven't seen you in the ice box for a while mate you're not doing it anymore <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like oh brilliant here we go so it's it was good for accountability that way just just you know it can come across as boastful i think because i would i would look on the outside looking in where you can be like oh, oh they're just posting up their workouts all the time or they're doing that and the other whereas ironically enough i, I use it more for accountability to be less of a lazy turd because if somebody's looking for it then i know i've got to do it because otherwise i could quite easily ironically enough I know it comes across that I'm some super motivated, you know, Mr. Motivator CrossFit wanker. And I'm like, realistically, I do CrossFit because I'm a lazy wanker. I don't want to spend hours in a gym. I wanted like thrash myself for 10 minutes and get the same results. Other than that, I'd rather just go and fucking like snowboard out the front of the house or, or ask about in the hills with the kids or, or do something like that. But it's, mm. it's, uh, yes, it's the accountability piece that keeps me honest, I guess. Well, I think like we can start to pull away from the CrossFit thing there, but I think that's the thing to leave it on is you just finish there. Um, it's efficient. It's efficient yeah. and it works. It's not designed to be your all-encompassing lifestyle unless you want it to be. Obviously, it's going to bring benefits to your lifestyle, but the idea is you go in, you do a very small amount of time, and you will get the results if you do those things. You know, Combine it with your diet. The program works. And that's the only reason that I think it's fucking good. It does work, and it's it's not interested in bump. Yes, there's all you know funny things attached to it, that, like all cultures have. But yeah, it's very simple. Do what it says in the tin, and this will happen. Yep, that's the only reason why I do it. I'm not like I'm, yeah. it's. I don't actually have a, a result to get towards. You know, like some people go, "Oh, I'm training for X." I'm like, I'm I'm not really training for anything. This is just like I I enjoy the process. I enjoy testing myself most days. But realistically, I actually enjoy the trade-off at the other end, which is you're just able to do anything. You know, you won't be the best at it because you're not trained specifically for it, but you're able to do everything and with minimal really attention. You know, like most days, I mean, what's this, 16, 17 years of doing this madness, training five times a week, less than half an hour. Do you know what I mean? More often than not, you know, just yeah. get in the gym, thrash yourself and you're done. And as a result of it, yeah, that's the only reason I see it pay off. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah. But those linchpin workouts are awesome, aren't they? they it, that's like, that's how I see it. It's like when I sort of discovered that through you, that he, the way he does it, it's, it, there's literally no bump at all. Nope. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Yeah. He, he understands the core components of CrossFit, which isn't like, you know, 50 million EMOMs um, till you die, like spending six hours in the gym. It's like, no, nah, you just do short couplets, two movements or triplets, three movements, you go heavy and then you occasionally go long and then that's it. You know, like that's, that's going to get you generally pretty fit, you know, like as you crack on. So, and I mean, he understood that too. He was, um, 
he was in he's in the US forces for a long time and and found found CrossFit when he was in, in the SEAL teams, I think. Pat. So um so yeah, he, he came across that and he just understands the principles. And and for me, you know, I was always I'm just a regular human, right? So whenever I try and do too much of um of the CrossFit stuff. I just get snapped off, just not that resilient. Like the volume would just do me up, you know, like little niggly injuries would come flare up or I'd just be tired all the time. So just going back to the less is more kind of um, process of CrossFit, like the core of what it is, always I'm fine with that. You know, it was always when I was daft and tried to think that I was significantly more resilient or fitter than I fucking am was always when I'd get uh, a little uh, slap in the ego. Yeah, that's Pat Sherwood we're talking about there, really. Just said, yeah, okay. Um, Right, so let's start talking about when. So, right, start with why did you decide you were going to cut away from where you were? Like, talk, I mean, you talk about like the family, I don't know if you talk about your missus or what, what she does for a living or whatever, but as a, a family decision, isn't it, to go, right, boom, we're moving somewhere yep. different? Yep. Yeah, totally. It was um, so. I guess what drew us first to the Highlands was always love Scotland, um, had family down in Glasgow for years. So we'd always kind of come up periodically, always loved it up here. Um, especially like my old man dragged me up mountains like when I was a kid, you know, probably kicking and screaming to be fair, but, um, just left a mark and I always loved the, the scenes always looked like it was painted on you know you'd come out into the foothills of Ben Nevis or Glen Coe and be like it didn't look real in front of you because I was just raised in cities and so it was always always left a bit of a mark so spent a week um, up in the Scottish Highlands on honeymoon in 2006 oh. just kind of hatched a bit of a plan with the missus with the retirement plan right the the long-term plan once once life is done we were like ah, oh, we want to retire to the Highlands deal it'd be lovely up here um Fast forward a couple of years to when um, we, we, we gave up the gym. Um, we realized that we didn't have to stay in that area. So we decided that we'd actually start looking into the logistics of what that would look like, right? Rather than it just being a pipe dream, like a what if. It was like, oh, how can we actually start planning for it in the future? And it was a good, a good life lesson for us. It was like when we actually started looking at the details, we realized, well, fuck, we could actually do it now if, if we wanted to. It might not be like the ideal like log cabin in the middle of nowhere because that would be a bit unfair on the kids we thought me and the wife would be totally down for it but like a bit unfair for the kids growing up right i'll send the nowhere so yeah. we um for, for my work all i needed access to was an airport and we had um as as you just said ben as well good buddy um rob lawson up in aberdeen as well so we were like well aberdeen works because it because the oil fields it's got great connections multiple flights down to heathrow or, or amsterdam for my work and so we quite literally just like dropped a pin from Aberdeen Airport and like for well, what's a long what's a ideal commute, I guess, for, for a week to get to the airport and back and we're like an hour. That's about right. And that literally then straight punched that into the computer, right? Into Zoopla or right move and got up with a couple of ideas, spent a couple of months sort of bringing that shortlist down, down, down to a couple. Um, due to my work, we managed to accrue quite a few like uh, travel points, you know, like with the airlines and then rental cars also come along with that. So, we managed to square away a flight up um, and a rental car. And the missus drove around um, sort of, yes, no, yes, no, kind of shortlisting it even more. And then when we got down at about three, then we um, came up together um, Christmas time. I think that was 2016, something like that. And um, yeah, found this place, which actually wasn't listed. It had its own little website, which was pretty cool. Oh, and um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was it. And luckily enough, hit it off because my missus background was in envir environmental sciences and all that kind of stuff. Which, which is great for me driving a big diesel guzzling <laughs> really pissed off with me every day but hey gets her gets her out but um so so yeah we based off of that then we they got on really well because the people that lived here were having to move they didn't want to sell but they were having to move because they were um lecturers at university and the dude had been headhunted to go down to cambridge i think to be in charge of the thing so he had to move for a job of a lifetime kind of deal but it was in the same thing it's like they were all environmental geographers so i don't know they all sat there tossing off over rocks or something and um <laughs> they then all then all got it squared away so it's pretty pretty good that's the that's the uh, short story of how we got up here and found the place i guess but the reasons well, why, I guess I didn't answer that, did I? Sorry. Uh, the reason why was quality of life, to be honest. Just loved it, the pace of life. Um, Rach, uh, my missus, was raised in sort of Staffordshire, Moorlands. So just, she likes to say Staffordshire, Moorlands, rather than Stoke, which is what it actually yeah. is. <laughs> right. Stoke. Uh, 
I know it's Stoke. Stoke. <laughs> Stoke. Yeah, exactly. Bit off Mordor. Yeah. Um, Rothman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Fight Town. I've, I've, got, another, I've got another story about that as well. Oh yeah, a buddy of mine got offered out on our wedding day as well. It's funny because he was a he's a London London lad and was asking for directions. And one of the boys in Bidoff was like, "We don't like you a lot around here." And he was like, "Hey." <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, quality of life was the big thing. So I was always raised in a city, um, but loved loved being out. Right, but it was a literal extremes. It was either. I was in a city being raised and, and living, or if I was out in the wilds, it was in a tent, right? Or, or that kind of thing. There's never really any in between. It was either living in the cities or even in sticks. So, um, so yeah, it was a quality of life really appealed to me, just simpler. And you know, I like being, having the opportunity to maybe get some animals running about the gaff as well, which was fun. Steep learning curve, learning as we go. But I think that was the learning thing that I took and probably the parallels that you boys have had as well. If you, it's just, if you have an idea, the hardest thing is then just committing to it and you figure the rest out as you go, right? So you figure out the logistics of the how and the why and what does daily life look like or what does a logistics pipeline look like or whatever it may be. But you're just like, now here's what I want to do. So fuck it, go all in and then just figure out what you need to do to make it work on a daily basis. For a them. Garwood method. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what we did, right? YouTube, YouTube. Yeah friend like whenever we had to learn how to do something it was like fucking hell better google that like what happens when you run out of fucking gas in the middle of your first winter up here and the beast from the east hits and all the kids are huddled around the log burner and you're like well fuck that up didn't we but i learned you had you had some issues you had some issues with was it your well or something like that i think oh, you had yeah. some bits yeah. and pieces that you know oh, yeah it's been bonkers so we had so up the hill at the back we've got a private water supply but it's um surface water so um kind of runs off from all the the hills and stuff and um i don't think the the actual route it's like a channel had been originally dug like i don't know 18 diggity six or whenever the fuck this thing was actually built so it was it's like a channel and it's just overgrown but our water dried up during the summer like absolutely zero water and so that was right in the middle of like all the covid lockdown as well so we're like oh brilliant no water can't go out and sort it out so yeah that involved approximately 12 hours of being up like knee deep in a channel and just digging it out but honestly i it's it's fun i like mindless just that's it fizz. That's it just yeah exactly <laughs> i wasn't prepared for it mate after about five minutes my lower back's like hanging out and i was like well this functional fitness thing prepare me for fucking digging a ditch did it? yeah so um uh, so, yeah. I, I i feel exactly the same as you we we um uh i always lived on the pad estate, which is you know the the married quarters um and i my parents always lived in the countryside i am a, a country boy if you like uh i like shooting fishing um, and my job at work, as well as my job now, also involves just talking to people, being with people all the time. I wanted somewhere of my own. I wanted a bit of space that I could just escape, you know, escape the country. I wanted to escape to. Um, and I'm the same as you. We we found this place, you know, my nearest neighbour is about a kilometre away from, from where, maybe a mile away from where we are, which is amazing. Um, there comes the problems with that, obviously being a bit more isolated. I mean, that's my nearest neighbour. And then on past that, you know, there's still, you are in the middle of the countryside, as Gaz knows. Um, but with that comes things like, have I got enough oil to see me through for the heating? Have I cut enough wood because we've got a flood? Where am I going to get the wood through, you know, and using the cooking? But I won't swap it for anything nah. because it's brilliant. Exactly. You're working. Yeah. I feel like I'm actually working to keep my house going and then there's obviously loads of little projects and things to do so for me um for me certainly coming to the countryside was massively important for me and not having a neighbor from leaving an institution like the military i didn't want another drama leaving i wanted to leave and just be able to i don't know just escape to my own little you know english castle you know that's yep. what I wanted, you know. Uh, but so I, I know exactly what, what you thought. And, you know, I, I agree with that. What well, you know, Gaz, we always laugh at me, I suppose. But I am one of those people that just pulls an idea out of my ass and goes for it. And I think that's the best way sometimes, certainly for me anyway. 
It's never seen me wrong, mate. It's um, that's exactly. I mean, if you think about the story I told you about the wedding day, that was as another example of just like, ah, oh, fuck it, sounds like a great idea, leap, and then just try and figure it out, right? Move to Manchester. The only time I'd ever been to Manchester was on a Millwall away day when I was like fourteen years old, and we were like just walked from the stadium back to the buses and shoved off onto trains and everyone's trying to scrap with you. The only the overriding memory I had of Manchester up to that point was going past the student accommodation and getting flashed by all the lasses. And I was like, well, this, this city sounds pretty hot. I like this place. Sometimes I'm going to come back here. Little did I know I spend like 10 years of my life up there. But um, yeah, so it's the same thing, right? It's the irony that sits there was like my job, is having to be like extremely social more often than not, like when you're running the seminars and stuff. So you're, you, if you're not that way inclined, which I don't think I really am, I'm okay with people, but I'm totally okay not being with people too, mm-hmm. right? So it's it takes a little bit out of you where you have to, and you don't have to be all you're like, all singing, all dancing American about it, right? But it's um, it's definitely an element of you've got to run the course. And you, so therefore, if energy's low or whatnot, you've got to run it. And I was often finding I was getting back and I was just fucked from that effort. So, you know, you just didn't want to um, do anything. And I robbed a couple of ideas from uh, other boys on the team who were uh, built like me, I guess. And they were like, no, we just have these things that like no decision Monday or no big talk Monday where they get home and after work and they just go to the missus and the family, they'd be like, look, whatever you want to do today, I'm in. But just don't ask like world ending questions or don't ask for like big decisions from (laughs) save it till Tuesday because I'm just a bit fucking brain dead. And I was like, that sounds like a really good idea. And that so, ain't going to happen with your missus. We all know that missus, exactly, they, yeah. they, sense, they sense when you're at the peak of your stress and go, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I really could do with you. Let's have a talk about feelings. <laughs> Let's have a talk about how you yeah. didn't do this. I mean, come on. It's true. Like Don't, Don't half, show weakness. Don't show half weakness. Past, half past 10 at night, just as you roll over. <laughs> all right, yeah. we're going to talk, uh, talk about this now, are we? Do you remember that time in 1922 at 2.30 p.m.? I think I'm married to an elephant, not in size, but certainly in memory, you know what I mean? Uh, So that that was the move, mate, making sure that it was just like I could, no matter how bonkers, and I mean first world problems, right? Stress is all relative, but no matter how bonkers anything had been, I'd, I'd get back here and just be like within 90 seconds and one deep breath, I'm like, yep, solid, like, no dramas whatsoever. It's perfect up here, just chilling. Yeah. But it's, it's like so many people, you you started that by saying that, you know, you thought that was like your retirement plan. And I know so many people have that. So many people do. And it, it just keeps getting, it pushes right and pushes right and pushes right. And like, yes, that's fine. But in some people's situation, that's just how it has to be. But there's a lot of people who it really doesn't have to be like that. And you can go, like you said, like, let's actually look at this. Oh, fuck, we can do it. Yep. And then it's down to you to do it. You know, yeah, you just got to leap, mate. I mean, that's the hardest piece because the rest is just logistics <laughs> because nothing's going to be ideal, right? I mean, shit, you know, everyone, I laugh at my mates who are like, oh, yeah, you know, we're waiting for the right time to have kids. And I'm laughing my tits off because I'm like, there's no right time to have kids. You're just going to fucking figure it out. You know, like, they're all bonkers. They're going to piss you off, piss you off as much as you love them. Like, that's, that's just life but there's no right time to do it. Just like there's probably no right time to do anything. There's no, well, there's no perfect time, I should say, mm. right? And so therefore you just, if it's something you want to do and you just got to commit, it's that leap is the hardest piece, but leap without looking and then just figure it out as you go. That's that's probably the best thing that you could do with anything in life. Otherwise you're just going to end up miserable in an office. You know what I mean? Yeah, indeed. I mean, obviously... I'm, I'm in an office. Luke's in an office. Um, <laughs> pretty, fucking, pretty fucking miserable, is well, so. <laughs> Yeah. But no, no, like, dude, it's, I, you know, we, we, we spoke about this previously. I've spoken about it before. This is, I'm trying to do exactly the same thing. And I think a lot of this pandemic shit has taught a lot of people that, yes, actually, fuck, I do only need an internet connection to do my job. And if their employer allows them, they've just had the rug pulled from underneath them. You've got no excuse now. You you can go make these things happen if you want to. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not all in that situation, but it's, nope. you know. I mean, that's the thing. You know, that's uh, the irony of that. My work generally involves me being on the road and mm. um, I'm not allowed to be on the road, right? So in the yeah. meantime, it's like, okay, we. but um, my situation is not unique. There's loads of people that are in that situation. So you kind of spin your wheels and when the world does open up again, if it opens up again, then I know that um, I'm straight back to the work. But in the meantime, the hardest thing for me is actually just um, sitting still and 
doing nothing you know like the missus is like no you're all right like this is the longest period of time I've had home in 12 years you know I was away every weekend for work for over a decade and so yeah. you know like being home for this amount of time I'm lucky that the missus hasn't knifed me in my sleep if I'm honest but, <laughs> but it's actually been really cool and and the kids have loved it too so yeah well so they tell me they could just be lying but, but that's another thing to make clear, isn't it? Like whenever people talk about this, okay, let's talk about your idyllic lifestyle. You know, whenever you hear that, the first thing you go is you, you get this feeling of uh, fuck off in your head. That happens to everyone. Like, yeah, fuck off with your ideal lifestyle shit. But the reality is, that, like, Ben's an example. I go to Ben's house and go, fucking hell, I like this. I've, you've done well here. But he's fucking grafted for it. He's, you know, he's, he's done a full career in the military in a high tempo place, you know, you, you fucking, you did, you've, you've done your gym thing and then you start waiting for CrossFit. You're away every fucking weekend. Every fucking weekend. You know what I mean? Uh, Travelling as well. It's not like you go, you know, you could be all over the place. Everybody is grafted for this stuff and there's a, yeah. there's an element of society that look, that don't understand that. It's See, I think it's, yeah, sorry, on. mate. It's, it's the whole like social media thing, isn't it, now as well. It's like, when you go on, it's like, you look at all these sort of 20 year olds and they've got like the expensive handbags that they're in expensive cars and stuff. It's like fucking hell. When I was 20, I was like in my overdraft, like drinking like fucking white lightning. I, do you know what I mean? It's, it's all in someone else's handbag, really. In so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I probably stole anyway, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just bollocks. Well, I yeah. don't quite know how to word it, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. The social media side as well of having this. Uh, me, I mean, this I'm probably dropping myself in the shit here as well, but I, I don't like. I know I have to have a social media presence for my personal account because I need substance and a backstory to my uh, business. However, I don't. I'm, that isn't me. I'm not a show off. I'm not a need to be centre of attention. But like yourself, Carl. Uh, you know, you you have to be relevant within your industry. Yep. It also uh, keeps you in check, uh, like like you said, and I need to do that as well. Um, so it is important to have a social media profile for people like ourselves. However, it, it's not a natural place. I don't feel comfortable doing that. You know, this is a picture of me with a fucking chicken. You know, if I put a picture <laughs> of me and a chicken up, it's because I actually wanted a picture of me and a chicken. It's and not because the world... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm about, about to scoff the chicken. Uh, and then a few things you are proud, but you know, I don't like to plaster my kids all over there uh, unless it's something relevant. But I know I have to have a social media profile. It's just I don't feel particularly comfortable doing it as a personality, if that makes any sense. No, I totally get it. It's weird because it's it's all it's all fabricated. Like you said, it's a snapshot of the positives that you want to shine a light on. And even when people shine a light on the negative stuff, they're only doing it to offset, you know, like, oh no, I'm doing, I want my pro- profile to show all puts. And it's like, no, we're not interested to see your, your negative reel. I want to see your highlight reel because that's basically yeah. what it is. Because I get it all the time with the kids because we, we post up when the kids train and stuff because obviously, like you said, Ben, right, that's relevant to, to what, what I do. And then you get the feedback from people like, wow, I wish my kids were like that. And, um, and, and in the back of my mind, I'm laughing my ass off, right? Because I'm like, you didn't see the fucking hours of negotiating and, and bollocking and like the ones where they threw tantrums and, and didn't want to do it. And you're like, just fucking just do it, fuck's sake. You know, like, and you lose your mind at your kids and stuff. All they see is the, them doing, uh, running around the house with a med ball or something. They're like, oh, I wish my kids were as into fitness as yours. And you're like, they're really fucking not, man. You know, like some days they are. Other days they couldn't give a shit, and other yeah. than that, then you just haven't to negotiate like you wouldn't believe. Like fucking hell, she'd stick us all in government. We'd be able to negotiate anything in a heart. <laughs> but but other than that, it's, it's just, like you said, it's it's a highlight reel and it's it's totally a game. So as long as you can have that separation, right? Which is you know that's what it is, and that's what I choose to see it as. Then you can kind of cope with the mad world that is online, eh? I'm actually uh, just just for yourself. I am actually wearing a CrossFit T-shirt. There he is. He's wearing a I actually put the jumper on because I was thinking, oh no, I've just realised I'm wearing a CrossFit t-shirt. I'm going to like it. I'm sat next to a fire with a jumper on just so you didn't exactly. see the CrossFit jumper. In my mind, I was like, should I, should I have like me, uh, I've got a, con- get me contact coffee um, lid on. I've got like me, the HR 4K mug and stuff. I was thinking I might have to go full kit wanker in the corner. Super fun. 
That's a, a, a pause there, isn't it? I was ready for yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, see what you had next. See what you was had that, next, mate. Yeah, what's up? It's only awkward if you make eye contact, isn't it? That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's good. I actually, I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Joe Carl, um, I think your name is certainly one of those names that's I've I heard before. I kind of I heard your name bounding around all kinds of places. Uh, it's a very recognisable name as well. And then obviously, you know, I followed you on social media and 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 back uh, and everything else, and seeing what you guys are up to and what you what you're about. Um, but yeah, certainly your name is a name that gets bound around the industry, certainly in the UK industry. Uh, I'm going back to my original point: is you know you've got a good group of people that you're associated with who are doing really positive things um you know really positive things you know so uh what, what if you don't mind me jumping in guys and asking a question what what's what's next for you then carl you know what's what's on the plans for you mate it's yeah, a tough one right because it's i was chatting to this um with my wife the other day actually honestly speaking because the next my job's very practical based right so every weekend running the courses doing the stuff um the the next where to go, I guess, is almost like an admin role if it was CrossFit, right? So more of a support role. And if I'm honest, it fucking scares the shit out of me. I'm not an admin dude. I'm the doer dude. So there's part of me that's like, well, what do I then do? Just keep cracking this until, you know, I'm no longer able to right? keep up with the young punks who just keep smashing me on a regular. Um, or do I, you know, take on board and, and suck it up and do that kind of admin role? Or is it trying, you know, diversify do other stuff so to be honest i don't really know i mean especially at the moment where i don't actually even have a job role because you know gyms are closed so nowhere to host um seminars and, and all the stuff so i just like being uh, able to help folk always have done that's what attracted me to training in the first place so you know trying to help the crossfit community whether that's in the uk or, or a wider scale i think that's actually the the unifying thing we talk about that group of folk we all are wanting to be to a degree of service to that community, right? So we fully recognize that our job is to support them. So we've probably made more mistakes than anybody else because we've been doing it for longer. So we're like, hey, trying to help, you know, new affiliate owners or new trainers to avoid those. Um, so it's probably more just trying to be a bit more of service. But other than that, just uh, trying to figure you're it out. You're in such a fortunate don't, position, don't... mate. You know, you're in such a fortunate position. And I've always said, uh, you know, one of my biggest regrets in my time was that I was never a selection uh, directing staff. I was never an instructor on UKSF selection. Um, and I wish I was um, because the influence you have with people and making those changes, you know, if you think only 10% or whatever it is that, that pass UKSF uh, selection, now that's 90% of people who go away there that will always remember who you are and hopefully in a positive light that you yeah. can hopefully influence the rest of their careers likewise what you guys uh, you know luke and gaz have done where you've instructed or be involved in that people will always remember you people will always remember that time that they met you know carl and what carl taught me and how so you know it, it's massively envious uh, i am massively envious of the position that you guys have, have been in uh, and in now carl that you can give a positive uh, influence on people i think it's mega mate yeah, uh, I don't mean that, that by throwing smoke up your ass. I'm, 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 I mean it in a positive way. Though. No, I appreciate that, mate. It's um, it's it's actually a big, big piece of why you do what you do, right? Because it's that question that I guess I've always thought is like, what, what mark are you leaving on the world? Because I haven't done anything that you boys have done. You know, like I've not, I've not served my country in that regard. So you're almost there's part, there's part of you in your head where you're like, well, what's your legacy? What, what are you leaving behind? What really have you done? You know, so. A lot of it is like, well, just try and help as many people as you can and, you know, like be of service in, in the world that you're in right now. Help people to be better. Just be there as a support network. You know, like I, it, it really makes me go weird, you know, when you almost get held on a, a little bit of a pedestal sometimes, no matter what world you're from. You know, yeah, where people be know like, you know, you're, you're, this, you're this perfect human being and you're like, I'm really fucking not. Like, I'm yeah, totally not. You know, I've just spent a bit of time in, in a trade. And um, I'm going to help as best as I can, but it's all, it always weirds me out. Like I think it does for anybody, right? Where yeah, just... well, any decent person that doesn't <laughs> doesn't have an ego, you know, go uh, on that. There's always going to be instructors, and we've seen it in all walks of life who are the, who are dickheads. Um, and I think certainly within the fitness and CrossFit market, you can have instructors that believe their shit doesn't stink. Um, 
and you know you get the cool kids in the, in the boxes and everything else uh, but there's something to be said about someone who is approachable who understands what these because at the end of the day these people are paying you exactly to teach them yeah. so why are they going to be paid to be gobbed off at i mean exactly it's a service yeah. industry isn't it you know what i mean it's like we it's the epitome of a service industry you're there to help educate i mean I've always thought that my role is a t- is a teacher, right? In terms of you shouldn't need a teacher for all of your life, though. You should need somebody to teach you what their expertise is, and then you should be empowered to go do that stuff, you know. So, I've always been a bit weirded out with people like, oh, I'm going to be a member of the gym, and I'm in my mind, I'm like for a period of time, because I'm going to teach you for a period of time, and then I want you to like fuck off, and then I'm going to go teach other people. You know, you should have the skills and the the knowledge that I'm going to give to you, hopefully. To then go and look after yourselves in your in your back garden, your garage, whatever you want to do. Or if you want the gym for a community thing, then that's a separate entity. But you shouldn't need the gym for the education and all that other stuff if somebody's teaching you correctly, right? So here's the stuff to do. Here's the major premise. Should be relatively simple. Now sling your hook and and crack on with your life, right? And um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the key, right? In anything, you should have need anybody in that in that regard. If you're being of service correctly, then you should hopefully only be a small part of the journey. Life is a service industry, isn't it? And if you go, that's probably the best way to think about, like, I'm going to go, you are your action saver before any other fuck. <laughs> okay. There's no, Nick's not here. I'm going to get in before Ben. I mean, I, I, <laughs> but like, talking about service, personal responsibility, that you are your actions thing. Like, you really are an example. And like, you are, you might be an example of the correct technique in a an industry. You might be doing that or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you're being watched all the time. And like you talk about your mark on the world, people remember you who you don't even know that you've met them. You go to fucking, you go to the shops and somebody, you do a certain thing, like maybe you knock uh, stuff off the shelf and you don't just fuck off and wait for the minion to come and pick it up. You pick it up yourself. That's a tiny little thing, but it's example. And we do that constantly and we're, there's always somebody's eyes on you. And like, you know, it's that over time, just by being a half decent person, you make- Shopping cart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that shopping cart analogy. I can't remember who said hey, it. I love that one. I love yeah. that. The shopping trolley, don't be a twat and leave it out. Exactly, yeah. It's, the, it's that. It's like, it's that's that's the whole mark of what, what you are in society, right? If, you're, if you are the one who leaves it in the middle of the fucking car park, then you're a turd. But if you actually put it back, even when no one's watching, yeah. then that- that says that you're a good contributing member of society and you're like, yeah, damn right. Because realistically the shopping trolley don't fucking matter, but yeah. it kind of does too. Exactly. Yeah. I will fucking judge you if I see that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, will, I will run you down, mate. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's fucking hilarious because that's, that's absolutely true. I will, I see someone do a little thing like that and go, right. You in every aspect of your life are a cunt. Yeah, and no, that, that's probably right. not true. That's probably not true at all. They're probably having a really bad day for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's two kids in the arms, jumping all over the place. Yeah. She just has to leave it, or he has to leave it, and then you turn around and go, cunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all my kids running around all over the place. Sorry, Hunter, get in. <laughs> yeah, you're written off. <laughs> but it's not a bad way of seeing the world if you know what I mean it's not a bad thing to have in your head should I do that is there anybody watching me like yeah but yeah I wouldn't worry about like leaving a mark on it but mate you've certainly done that you can fucking end it now Go yeah, I was going to say yeah I've left a big shit stain on the world that's right <laughs> Roger okay hey that was good I really enjoyed that yeah, yeah. that's good Cheers, boys. Appreciate Have we got anything to? Uh, should we do the do the go around the houses, Ben? Anything going on you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, just a couple of pro- uh, uh, products. I've got something that I reckon Carl's going to love. I've got the guys at the. Um, <clears throat> I've got Carl Seville and uh, and Libby, who's uh, the new shop manager down at um, uh, Colchester. Uh, you know, amazing girl, massive into a CrossFit, along with a lad called uh, Sam Cowler, which you may know, Carl. And um, they're looking at a new product for us to hopefully support the fitness industry or at least support people who are trying to do fizz uh, during lockdown and everything else. But I can't say too much about the product, but the product uh, will essentially support the gyms and the trainers so they can still uh, support their own members when the members can't get in the boxes. So that's something we're really looking forward to and uh, I'm looking to share that in the next uh, few weeks. That's awesome. Cool. Luke? 
Um, yeah, we're not trying to help people. We're just being quite selfish. So <laughs> we, uh, Are you helping me? You're helping me, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we've obviously just spunked out in a fucking Land Rover, uh, took a bit of a risk. Uh, and then we're the opposite to Bengal. Bengal would probably get it, build it himself, be really mechanically sort of ideas <laughs> around it and stuff. And we've just decided to buy a Land Rover and I'm just trying to fucking hard target all the way around the Midlands trying to find people to help, help square me away. Yes, but, it's, it's um, a sexy Land Rover, that's for sure. Yeah, awesome. hopefully by, reach out to, we wanted to keep it local, like help local companies and stuff. So we've got a fabricator working on it this week. Um, got a local Sparky working on it. Uh, got a local barista giving us some advice. So hopefully we should have that done by the end of the month. Um, and we've got a location for that, COVID dependent. So that's our main project at the minute and my main thing that's keeping me up at night. Okay. Yeah. That's a lovely new sweatshirt you're wearing there. Is that out hey, yet? Oh, you noticed this? I did notice that. Yeah, yeah did you? Uh, now this was out just before Christmas. Um, okay. Yeah, it's nearly sold out now. Ah, like it. Cool. Okay. Um, me, what have I got? January sale. Um, yeah, Same. if you've been following the old lives of doing all that stuff and you've been on the, the mailing list, yeah, I've just got a rubber to clear out of all the old stuff. So there's some fucking bargains on there at the moment. You get a T-shirt for like 14 quid at the moment, if you want to. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a clear out. That's going to run until the end of the month. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Not much else going on. Yeah. Surviving. Cool. Yeah. 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 Roger, are we off? Yeah. Are we finished, hey, thanks, Carl, again, mate. Thanks, mate. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, you, boys. Yeah. Good luck with everything. Nice yeah, to meet you, mate. Appreciate I it. I think I should probably thank you for just being an ambassador generally and saying yes in the first place and just being a good dude because the story you told earlier, there are genuinely people all over the world now with St. Patrick's who are aware of my brand because this guy disappears every weekend and tells them about me. Yeah, so to make it. <laughs> Welcome, mate. Cheers, dude. Right. I'll, 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 I'll get some patches over to Carl ASAP, all right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you later, Luke. See you later. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. See you. Yeah. See you, boys.